0: You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 250. And Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. A few of you who are avid weekly listeners might say to yourself, hey, I thought Michelle said she was using a Matt Redman song this week. And indeed, that was the plan. But don't fret, that will come next week. My work life and my crazy Christmas life got the best of me this week. And so I pulled out one of my favorite episodes, Out of the Vault. And I actually chose this one because I think we can become numb to the beautiful connections to the gospel that are all around us at Christmas. And in this episode, I explore the symbols of of Christmas. Now I refer to my um, boss and mentor in this episode, who is indeed still an active spiritual mentor in my life, but she has since retired from the Christian school where I work. But her legacy lives on in so many ways, one of which is this message. And I will hop back on the podcast at the end of this replay to welcome my new listeners and kind of give you a sneak peek into next week's episode, which I promise I'll be back on track. Um, But first. let's let's go ahead and and dive into the replay. Oh wait, one more thing, this episode was prior to the evolution of my Bites, my Bible interaction tool exercises. And so if I could list out the Bites I use in this episode, it would probably be to explore a topic and to use an outside resource. And the outside resource that I used was a message by my mentor and her notes that I share with you in my notes, which are the show notes to the podcast. And you can always find those at michelleknizat.com. This week specifically, MichelleNeedsThat.com forward slash 250. Now, let's dive into the episode. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you know I love Lauren Daigle. I love her as an artist with an amazing voice, but also as a person with a beautiful spirit and an identity rooted in. In Christ and in the love of his word. And so when I heard her singing this week's song, Noel, on Chris Tomlin's newest Christmas album, I was determined to find a way to feature the song. So let's jump in and listen for the word that inspired the direction that I'm going to take today. Love incarnate, love divine. Star and angels gave the sign. Bow to babe on bended knee. The Saviour of humanity. Unto us a child is born. He shall reign. For Star and Angels gave this sign. I began to consider the signs of Christmas and how even the commercialism, if we can lasso that thing like a runaway calf and rein it in, it can be used, those symbols can be used to remind us of the real reason for the season. And normally I like to head to one area of scripture and spend some time unpacking it for you in the hopes that you will pick up your Bible and read it for yourself. I'm going to take a little bit more of a topical approach this week. And so this means that if you're up for the challenge, it's going to mean a little bit more work on your part. But I really think that this week's investment will be worth it. Partly because it's so familiar, the Christmas story Is so familiar. So, with a little bit of extra work, I think you will reap the rewards for sure. So, last week we focused on the section of Luke chapter 2 where the angels declared to the shepherds, This will be a sign to you. And so, when I look up the word sign, and of course, they were talking about the baby being wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. But when I look up the word sign right there in the Greek, it means typically a miraculous sign given, especially to confirm or to corroborate or to authenticate. And so this is exactly what the sign of this, of the baby lying in a manger was. It was a, it was a sign to corroborate the miracle that the angel spoke of to the shepherds that the Messiah was born. So it's again an indication of a miracle or a wonder. So I'm going to be talking about the signs of Christmas. A better word is probably the symbols of Christmas, but they do truly represent a wonder, a miracle that is really worth spending some time pondering. And when you take time to go and see for yourselves, like the shepherds did, that you will discover a deeper understanding of this wonderful gift. In addition to giving you some tools in your toolbox to discuss this season with friends or teach it to children or just ponder for yourself. So I am blessed to have an amazing godly mentor who's also my boss. Her name is Merida Brooks. And so much of much of what I will be sharing today comes from her notes. From a recent Christmas message that she prepared for our school. And I'll go ahead and link to this wonderful short video in the show notes as well. I And I just want to thank her for sharing her notes with me this week, um, but most of all for being free with her life. I mean, she shares her wisdom with me day in, day out, week in, week out, and I very much cherish her. So let's start by talking about the symbol, uh, the very first symbol we'll talk about is the Christmas tree that decks the halls of our homes and our businesses and our churches <clears throat> during Christmas. Now, Christmas trees, when they come in the real category, unlike mine that comes down via very large sections um, on a pulley from over our garage attic. Yeah, it's a doozy. It's a big one. But the traditional Christmas tree, not the fake one that I put up in my great room, is an evergreen. And it's this wonderful parallel to the eternal life that can be found in Christ. Because like the evergreen, our relationship with Him never goes dormant. And John seventeen three tells us, this is the way to have eternal life to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one who you sent to earth. So not only does a tree represent the everlasting life that we can find in Jesus, before it's cut down, its roots actually keep it evergreen and alive. And, and we're reminded of being rooted in Christ in Colossians 2.7. It says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So be reminded of eternal life in Christ when you gaze upon the evergreen trees at Christmas. Um, Just one more thought before we uh, leave this idea about the tree. The trees in our living room, they, they literally gave up their life, so to speak, to be in our homes, to bring us joy and blessing during this season. And Jesus gave up his life to die on a tree to bring us eternal life. Now that's a symbol to ponder. Well, how about the star? Well, the sign for the wise men from the east was a star. And Matthew chapter 2 tells this story better than any nativity scene might. And here's a glimpse. It starts out by saying Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. And then it goes on to just tell us that King Herod asked his own wise men where the Messiah was supposed to be born. And they told him that it was in Bethlehem, which is the direction that Herod actually sent the wise men from the east, um, who not surprisingly came to a palace to look for a king, obviously. So they weren't heading to this small village home. But then Matthew goes on to say, After this interview with King Herod, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the star was was a heavenly sign of prophecy concerning the birth of the Messiah. And it represents the shining hope of all mankind that a Savior has been born. And the star was the guiding light that led the wise men to find the child, Jesus. So every time you see a star at Christmas, consider this. Who led you to Jesus? And then ponder that story and and maybe reach out to them and thank them again, or at least thank the Lord um, that they led you to Jesus. And then don't forget this. Every time you see a star, consider this. Wise men still seek Jesus. All right, well, what about angels? Last week, we, we discussed the angels a lot, and we discovered that the role of some of the angels um, were to... Proclaim. Uh, we well, we saw that that they were the role was to proclaim Jesus to the shepherds. But angels were a crucial part of other parts of the Christmas story as well. They first, an angel appeared to Mary in Luke chapter one. And another angel appeared to Joseph in Matthew chapter one, and then of course the shepherds in Luke chapter two. So as we highlighted last week, again the role the angels. Uh, of the angels with the shepherds was to proclaim Jesus's birth. So every time you see an angel, don't forget, we get to proclaim Jesus. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1 verse 28, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So every time you see an angel, Just remember, we also have the honor of proclaiming Jesus to others. Okay, let's consider the tree lights that we wind in and out of the branches of our Christmas trees. They reveal the depths of the branches. They add light to the dark places. They brighten the dark shadows. And Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 5 that we get to in the same way. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So every time you see the tree lights, just consider this, that we are to let our light shine. Now, the next symbol that I want to talk about, I was introduced to, um, through uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, as she entered preschool at our Christian school, they told the legend of the candy cane. And they unpacked all of these wonderful um, different ways to explain the candy cane and to really tell the Christmas story and to talk about Jesus with our children using a candy cane. And so there's actually a few children's books written highlighting those details. I'm going to link to one of them that I found on YouTube where they... They tell the story. They show the beautiful illustrations and tell the story on YouTube. I'll link to another one that you can buy on Amazon or Kindle. And um, But all of them that I've found includes details like this. So when you look at the shape of a candy cane, uh, if upside down, I guess kind of it looks like a J for Jesus. And then right side up, the way we normally see a candy cane will remind us of the staff of a shepherd, like the ones that we meet in Luke chapter 2. They get the honor of proclaiming Christ's birth, that glorious night that we talked about last week in detail. But it also reminds us that Jesus is our good shepherd, and he cares for us. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And every time we see a candy cane, we can be reminded of our good shepherd who laid his life down for us. And then further, the candy cane is traditionally red and white and serves to remind us again of the blood of Jesus shed as a sacrifice for our sins. And of course, the white reminds us of that he was pure and sinless and he was a pure and sinless sacrifice for us. A candy cane is Hard as a rock and reminds us that Christ is a, the rock of our salvation. There's just so many different elements of a candy cane. So can you see why this is one of my favorites? So let's move on and consider candles. Uh, one of my favorite memories was when I was a girl. My mom and I would drive by a beautiful two-story white clabbered house on our way to my piano teacher's home where i took lessons and at christmas the owners of this two-story white clapboard house would put a single candle in each Window. It was so simple, but so beautiful, just very Norman Rockwell looking to me as a young girl. And so one day to show our appreciation for the beauty, Mom and I both loved the single candle in the window and we always loved the house. We thought it was a beautiful house. So we stopped and rang the doorbell and sang God Rest you Merry Gentlemen to wish them a Merry Christmas and tell them of the joy that their candles brought us each week. So candles at Christmas, that's just a a side story, but candles at Christmas can remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. In fact, Jesus teaches us in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So consider that next time you see a candle, that Jesus is the light of the world. Now, uh, my mother-in-law, she loves to tuck ornaments deep in the branches of our tree near a light so that the glass ornaments can glisten as they reflect the light. So let's talk about ornaments. Uh, The next time you see an ornament glistening on the tree, I want you to consider this. I want you to, to consider that they don't have a light of their own, but they reflect the light around them, and so we are but a reflection of the true light of the world, Jesus, and like an ornament, we don't contain our own light source; we were designed to reflect the light of Christ and second Corinthians three eighteen says that we reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That's so wonderful. All right, let's move on to one more, a couple more snowflakes. Um, Not necessarily exclusive to Christmas snowflakes; they they're more of a winter symbol. Uh, definitely not part of many of our Christmases here in Louisiana, for sure. I'm pretty sure that our forecast for Christmas in a few days is going to be like 80 degrees. <laughs> so there's no, not going to be any snowflakes except the fake ones on my fake tree in my great room. But every time you see a snowflake, you can consider what the prophet Isaiah proclaims in chapter 1, verse 18. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white white. As snow. And just let those snowflakes serve as a reminder to you. You know, a soft snowfall in the forest in the dead of winter is a good reminder of quiet and stillness. And Father God, through the psalmist in uh, in Psalm 46, he exhorts us, be still and know that I am God. So when you see a snowflake, just maybe be still and quiet, and then also consider that our sins have been made white as snow because of our great God. Okay, what about holly and gorgeous red berries against glossy green leaves, beautiful red and green Until you touch it, because they hurt. You know, they're very prickly and thorny on the leaves. Uh, Down here in the South, a lot of people plant holly in front of low windows in their homes as kind of a protection. So the thorny leaves on a holly leaf can serve to remind you of the crown of thorns that tore into Christ's brow uh, before the crucifixion. You might say, but hey, that's Easter. We're talking about Christmas. Well, you can be sure that on the day that Jesus was born, Father God had Easter on his mind. And may the holly leaves remind you of the purpose of Christ coming to earth. And may the red berries bring back to your mind the blood of Jesus that he shed for us so that we could have eternal life. And then let's not neglect the stocking. You know, ours may be a little bit bigger these days than they were originally to hold more gifts. But stockings are for feet. And our feet are to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace as discussed in the armor of God. It's right there in Ephesians chapter 6. And then, of course, you can't forget about Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace and who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. Isn't that wonderful? So that goes back up to the angels who get a chance to proclaim. We too are to proclaim good news, peace, good tidings, and salvation, just like the angels did to the shepherds um, right there in Luke chapter 2. So that's in Isaiah 52. So the stocking should remind us of the great commission that our Savior gave us as well when he said, Go, you know, we're to share the good news of Christ, and so every time you see a stocking, we should feel the urge to get our feet moving and our mouths sharing what God has done. And then finally, what about the gifts? Well, of course, we can refer to the gifts that the wise men brought Jesus in Matthew chapter two, but there's an even better reference, and that is Jesus. He is the greatest gift. And I think it's best proclaimed in 2 Corinthians 9:15, which is our memory verse for this week. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So what's next? Well, if you have not read the Christmas story lately, do that. Read Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 24, then Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20, and then back to Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 and you'll get it all in, okay? And if you're up for a greater challenge, take this list of Christmas symbols and the references found. I've listed them all out in the show notes for you. Take this list and dig in. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that replay of that message. But while you're in God's Word this week, I hope you take that challenge. Let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at Michelle Kneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at Michelle at or on Facebook. Michelle L. Kneesat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now before I tell you what song will be featured next week, although I think you might know, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service the overflow.com for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at overflow.com. Now I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website like Autumn from Australia, Melanie from Georgia, Tim from North Carolina, and Lescott from Texas welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bytes that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly Memoryverse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This really encourages me, but of course, it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. So as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And of course, you can listen to the podcast in iTunes or on the Apple Podcast app or at Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, or you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio on or on your favorite podcast listening app. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using These Christmas Lights by Matt Redmond to jump into scripture. And I love using Christmas songs this time of year to inspire us to dive into scripture. I hope you are enjoying it as well. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 250. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.